Welcome to the Illinois Association of Park Districts Parkcast. I'm Wayne Utterback, Director of Communications and Digital Content, and I'm pleased today to be joined by Decatur Park District's Executive Director, Bill Clevenger. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great. We're glad to have you in Decatur. Yeah, it's my first time being here. Uh, driving downtown, I was like, man, I've never been here, but what a fantastic looking community. Thanks. We, we, we have a number of things going on in our community. Um, not the least of which is our redevelopment of our lakefront. All right. Yeah, that's beautiful lakefront. Uh, just driving over here to the park district, kind of, I'm sad that I don't get to like stick around for a little while and just check it out, but I'll have to come back. Absolutely. You need to come back and visit the Devon Lakeshore Amphitheater. That's probably the highlight of our summer and maybe the highlight of our decade. All right. I'm hoping we can talk about that a little bit more when we get into the podcast. Absolutely. Now, can you kind of just first tell me a little bit about the Decatur Park District? What do you guys bring to the community to make it unique? I think the, the Decatur Park District really is quality of life indicator. Uh, it makes us a livable community. And our, our park district grew really out of philanthropy. Uh, the early, early founders of the park district back in the 20s made numerous contributions to the district of land, programs. Uh, so philanthropy has been a cornerstone of this district since its founding in 1924. How did the ball get rolling for the Park District to, to exist? People saw a need at that point in time to provide these opportunities through a separate freestanding form of government, and they thought that would be a long-term uh, quality of life issue for our community, a long-term benefit for our community, and it, it really was geared toward community growth, community revitalization, or vitalization at that point in time. Um, and, and I think it's one of those things that it speaks to some of the issues today when uh, we talk about the value of park districts. People in the 20s saw the value of their park district and what their park district could bring to a community. That's a really good way to put it. We're talking almost a century ago. This is just as important as we'll it is We'll be celebrating today. our 100th anniversary in 2024. So in 1924, our forefathers saw it as an important ingredient in our community's future to provide a park district. Do you feel like the park district gets the, the support and love from the community that you want it to get? Absolutely. Uh, I think our community sees the park district as a vital part of our future uh, I think they look at its heritage and they look at its future and everything's bright. All right. Now, you mentioned philanthropy being a very important part of not only the beginning of the Park District, but I imagine it plays an important part throughout its history. What is the role of philanthropy in the Park District, maybe not just at the beginning, but now? Well, let me take you back to the 20s. When we were founded, uh, there were a number of prominent Decatur families that uh, provided land uh, for the district. Uh, roll forward to 1981 when our Decatur Parks Foundation was founded. Um, that, that has enabled the district to move projects to different levels. We've been able, philanthropy has, has enabled us to do things that we, with our normal tax base, would be totally unable to do. But given the generosity of our community, We've been able to, to add to those projects. We've been able to build new projects. We've been able to do things that might have been thought of as impossible uh, through 
our our 501c3 Decatur Parks Foundation and its generosity, the the individuals involved in it, our board of directors, our community-minded board of directors who have nothing but passion for the parks, uh, it's just enabled us to take numerous projects to new levels. All right. Now, I know one of the one of the families that's really been important in the community is the Buffett family. And I was wanted to touch base on that a little bit because I find it very fascinating. How, how did that partnership start? How far back does that go? That, that partnership goes back to um, our time at Scoville Zoo when Howard Buffett, I can't say enough good things about the Howard Buffett Foundation and about Howard Buffett personally. Uh, what a wonderful individual. Uh, and his, his passion for our community, his passion for the future of our community, uh, and the things that he's done for the Park District, the, the latest being the Devon Lakeshore Amphitheater, uh, a new train extension at our zoo complex, which connects our Scoville Zoo with the Children's Museum of Illinois, which is also located in our Scoville Park. Uh, those are two current projects that are highly visible. But long before that, at least a decade ago, uh, Howard got involved with the zoo with cheetahs. And he, he's an active, has an active interest in cheetah conservation uh, in Africa and really enabled us to import two cheetahs from Africa to our zoo. We were the, the first downstate people and, and probably in the Midwest to have cheetahs from Africa uh, at our zoo. And it, it, our relationship with Howard just grew over that. In law enforcement, he's uh, done numerous things for our park police force. Indicator, we have a park police force. And Howard's been extremely supportive of, of that group as well. So there have been numerous, numerous contributions to the district and support. Uh, for what we do and how we do it. And um, once again, I can't say enough good things about not only what Howard's done for the Decatur Park District, but what Howard's done for the greater Decatur community. Now, you know, speaking of philanthropy, the process of having projects ready to go, you know, projects that need funding, do you ask for donations or is there a process to that for how you fund your projects? Do you just have the trigger ready to be pulled on something when money is available or how does that whole thing work? Well, we work with the, the Park Foundation Board. Uh, the Park District staff, every year, we have a rolling 10-year capital plan uh, that's approved by our Park Board every September, October, November time period we work our way through our capital improvement plan. And so we set those priorities, and then those priorities are translated into communication back and forth between the Park Foundation. And given that, that sets a good sound direction. But then there's always opportunities that um, an interested person out in the community will approach us and have an idea. And many times that idea becomes reality. And they're willing not only to have the idea, but to support the idea. So it's it's a blend of park board action with foundation board action. We put those two together, it's really a pretty powerful, powerful force. 
how do you get the ball rolling with reaching out into those sectors and, and finding people that are willing to support and help finance some of those projects? Well, I think you have to have individuals with a passion for the Park District mission. And in our case, back in the early 80s, 1981 to 83, um, our Park Foundation really took off under the leadership of Judy Locke, who, by the way, was a past president of IAPD. So you can tell the passion is there. And today, Judy's probably been off the board a decade. She still has a passion for the parks. And the people who sit on our Park Foundation board are people who have that passion for some part of what we do. It might be the parks themselves. It might be trees. It might be soccer. It might be a multitude of things. Everybody brings a different interest level, a different set of interests to that group. And all of a sudden, those blend together and things begin to happen. Now, you'd mentioned the amphitheater. What are the projects that you have going on? What are maybe some new additions that you've just recently had here at the Park District? Well, the amphitheater opened this summer, and it's been a home run. Um, It's been so well received by not only our community, but Central Illinois. We have a group from Russia coming in, and we have people from, I believe it's 17 states and Canada coming for wow. that for that show on Saturday night. So we're really excited about that. We're excited about the future of the Devon Lakeshore Amphitheater. It brings a whole new venue. Un- There's nothing else like this in central Illinois. How much seating is there in the amphitheater? We can seat about 3,500 people. Oh, wow. So that's um, great so size. We have various levels of seating. We have various levels of priority VIP areas. Uh, It truly is a a unique venue, uh, which really pulls together our lake development planning efforts to revitalize that area of uh, Nelson Park, which was a golf course. And this is an absolutely wonderful example of transforming a golf course that was continuing to lose rounds And we all know the state of golf right now across the country. And that was a golf course that we closed. We repurposed it. And now it's the center, one of the center points of our community for community revitalization. We're also in the process next summer, we'll open a new water park in that area. We've opened a new mini golf course with high ropes, with batting cages. Uh, We have a new dog park. We have walking trails. We have a, an outdoor fitness component with a pavilion there. Uh, so we're continuing to just bring that whole area of our community out of the ground and revitalize it. It sounds like you have a, a variety of different experiences people can have. Can you go a little bit more detail about the water park? Well, the, the water park is going to have uh, an absolutely, probably the unique feature of our water park will be uh, the slides come from Europe. Uh, they're very different. Uh, They're going to be totally unique uh, to central Illinois and probably to Illinois for that matter. Uh, So we're really looking forward to bringing something different to our area. That's what we we really wanted to capitalize on, a facility that would provide great experiences for our local community, but it would also bring people to us to experience Decatur and see what Decatur has to offer, uh, which makes, again, gives you that uh, vibrant feel 
uh, of a community where you really want to be part of it. I'm glad you mentioned the word unique because I always like asking what makes the Decatur Park District unique? Is there anything else you want to add to what you've just mentioned? Anything that's very special to just this area? I think what makes the Decatur Park District unique is the the multitude of things that we do. Uh, We have a zoo. Uh, We have a children's museum located, although it's not actually part of the district, it's located within our Scoville Park, which is a full day of children's activities from the zoo to the museum to ride the train, all of it right on Lake Decatur. Uh, We move across the basin. We have a new water park coming online. We have a significant arts program uh, for kids, whether it be theater, whether it be music. We have a Greater Decatur Youth Band that has probably 150, 175 kids on an annual basis that play music in the parks all summer. We have a strings program. We're actively engaged in the arts all across the district, which is probably unique uh, for a park district to have uh, an arts program of the magnitude that we have. It's not unusual to have a few arts programs, but to have a whole cross-section of arts uh, with the variety and scope that we have is somewhat unique. Uh, Our park system, we have 2,000 acres of parkland in the Decatur Park District. Probably the most unique feature of the park district is we own and operate the Decatur Airport as well. So we're, I I believe we're the only park district that has actual commercial air service uh, in and out of our local airport. So uh, as you can tell, we do a multitude of things. We have um, numbers of unique partnerships as well. Those partnerships, for example, with Millican University. We built the Decatur Indoor Sports Center as a true 50-50 partnership. It's an 87,000 square foot sports center located on the south edge of Millican's campus. Um, It's been a tremendous opportunity for our community for indoor sports. Um, Millican needed um, a recreational facility for students and opportunities for their students uh, for intramurals and workout space. We needed a space for some of our indoor sports opportunities. What a marriage. It worked. Uh, It's those kinds of things that we're looking for those opportunities to partner with groups all the time. Uh, And, you know, you look at, at Archer Daniels Midland Company, ADM. They've stepped up with the Park District for probably 40 years now uh, with an annual commitment to help us do things that the tax base would not have allowed us to do. And in Decatur, when you talk about the tax base, Wayne, it's only 35% of our budget comes from the tax dollar. I, I think what it does is it allows us to provide programming that we wouldn't otherwise be able to provide. It allows us to, when we build facilities, and let me give you an example of the facility. In the new water park, uh, we, we were at a point where we couldn't really afford to put in the small child play area during construction. But we had local uh, foundation, a local trust steps up and says, yeah, we can make that happen. So 
that enabled us to take a component that we felt pretty strongly about and allowed us to make it happen. So it's looking for those opportunities uh, that will allow us to, to grow and allow us to present new opportunities uh, for our community on a regular basis because of that external funding. Now, are there um, any major projects you've got looming on the horizon that you'd like to share or talk about? Well, right now, we continue to work on our lakefront, um, and we continue to uh, work with uh, private funders and work with our, we have partnership with our city government uh, on that, where we actually, we shared the planning uh, as that project moved forward. We, we shared that planning with our local city government. Uh, so partnerships for us are an absolute cornerstone of the future. Uh, I don't think in today's world that, at least in our case indicator, that we can look and have the go-it-alone attitude. It's going to have to be, how can we collaborate? How can we work with external groups? Uh, how can we create win-win situations? Because I think in any partnership that you go into, it has to be a win-win. It has to be, uh, it has to create an opportunity for both groups to see benefit from it. Uh, the idea that we're going to have winners and losers, I think we really have to move past that pretty quickly. And we have to create opportunities for both groups to gain from the partnership so that they can tangibly see how it's going to benefit both partners. And at the end of the day, it benefits the greater Decatur community or any community across Illinois uh, as we move forward and create these partnerships, these collaborations. Uh, and I think that's one thing that park districts statewide, we're phenomenal at that. Partnerships are a byword for us. And, and I think that's unusual as far as government goes today. Uh, we are, we're at, at the cutting edge of this creation of collaborations, of partnerships, whatever word you want to use for it, uh, we're on the cutting edge of that. And I think there's not a park district out there that doesn't in some way, shape, or form create these partnerships that, that are going to help them move into the next generation. Now, is there anything else you'd just like to add about the Decatur Park District? Well, I, I think, you know, when we talk about philanthropy, and let me talk a little bit about some of the things that we've done that, that might give your listeners some ideas, too. Absolutely. Uh, we, we did a tree, a triathon a number of years ago. Uh, local radio, uh, Newhoff Media, who is, by the way, a media partner uh, of the district, and Brian Byers, uh, a local uh, number one in the market uh, radio show host, and, and in full disclosure, a, a member of our Park Foundation board. Uh, we did a three-hour radio show to raise money for trees and raised $23,000 in three hours. We were able to then bring the CN Railroad into that equation for another $25,000 commitment to trees. We as a district committed $25,000 to trees. So in that transaction, 
we moved about $75,000 toward, toward our reforestation efforts throughout the district. Um, you move from that to we have a, an event called Zoorific Evening at our zoo that raises money for the zoo every year. Uh, we've raised uh, about a half a million dollars wow. over the past decade uh, with our Zoorific Evening. We have a zoo open golf tournament that's been going on for in excess of a decade, probably close to two decades, that's raised three or four hundred thousand uh, dollars. So all those things, you keep all those moving down the track and they really become vital to the future and the success of our organization. Yeah, it all comes back to what I was asking you about, you know, community support. That right there is a great example of how the community comes out and supports you and your events. So that's well, those, excellent to hear. And those are individuals who come to those events and buy tickets to those events and participate in those events and have a great evening there. We have such good corporate partners, too. We have Archer Daniels Midland, who's been a partner for 40-plus years. We have Decatur Memorial Hospital, who's been uh, an outstanding partner of ours for probably a couple of decades now. Uh, we have uh, Tate & Lyle, which was the former A.E. Staley. Uh, actually, the original Chicago Bears uh, oh, were, wow. <laughs> were born in, in Decatur, Illinois, and they're celebrating their 100th anniversary this year. But we go back to uh, Tate & Lyle, former Staley, and we probably the best-known program that they that they provided for us for decades and still do today is the Staley Striders Youth Track Program. Uh, and they make an annual commitment to the district for our athletic, uh, our youth sports programs. So you, you look at the numbers of people who step up and um, a local bank, um, it was Soy Capital Bank, now it's First Mid. Um, and First Mid continues that tradition that Soy Capital started a number of years ago. Uh, they're our zoo presenting platform. So we have not only individual support, but corporate support. Uh, the other thing that I would urge people as they begin to look at philanthropy is their annual fund. Uh, the annual fund is, is a, a cornerstone of fundraising. Uh, and we do an annual appeal. Uh, that provides funds for a, a number of things that we do as well. Excellent. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk with me. And uh, it's been a wonderful time learning a little bit more about Decatur Park District. Thanks. We just now need to get you out for a visit. I know. I have to come by and check out the Lakeshore. I have <laughs> to spend should. some time. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you very much, yeah. Bill. Great to have you in Decatur. Uh, thank you. And thank you for listening to this month's IAPD podcast. Don't forget to find us on iTunes and Stitcher, subscribe, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.